Hey LA, Lance Bass here with the latest in the City of Angels. Immerse yourself in our vibrant fashion scene where exclusive streetwear meets high-end boutiques. Stroll through styles defining our bold, wildly creative city, like the unique finds at Melrose Trading Post, a real LA gem. Explore star-studded experiences on Hollywood Boulevard, behind-the-scenes studio tours, and moments of awe under our legendary blue sky. Picture this. The iconic Griffith Observatory, inspiring directors worldwide. Plan your weekend at discoverla.com. It's the time to leave your mark in the city of angels. Lance Bass is adding off. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. Big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school, you're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Frosted Tips with Lance Bass, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, my little peanuts. It's me, your host, Lance Bass. This is Frosted Tips with me, Lance, and my lovely, beautiful <laughs> co-host, Michael Turkey Turkey. <laughs> wow, that was so nice of you, Lance. I'm very nice. What are more adjectives you could use to describe me? Um, Beautiful. You already said that. Oh, okay, what about pretty? I mean, I'll take it, but it's worse than beautiful. You just <sighs> downgraded me. I'm sorry. You're beautiful. That's it. You're beautiful. Listen, I'll take it. Beautiful. All right, guys. Um, super excited to get into uh, this next interview. We have the third O-Town member joining us today, yes. Eric Estrada. And I know we have a lot to talk about. All right, let's get into this and see how much of this intro is actually true. Let's go. Let's go. I'm sure we just pulled this from Wikipedia. And, you know, Wikipedia is always true. Always. Every single detail. If you pulled anything on me from Wikipedia, I I could tell you right now it's got it's probably 80% false. Yeah. And I've read it multiple times. And every time I go on, there's, like, something else wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, am I really going to put energy into, like, trying to fix this? Keep changing it. I know. And now there's just all these assholes out there that just purposely try to do stuff to you. I remember like when you Google imaged me forever and it's just changed recently. I mean, for since Google began, the main picture that pops up is just this horrible picture of me holding up like a woman's bra at some gifting suite. I don't even know what it was, but it's just, mm-hmm. it was just a horrendous picture. And that was my go-to picture that everyone would use if they 
you know, did an article on me, that was the picture that they would go buy. All because you wanted to get some free swag. I just at the wanted, wanted a bra. That's I mean, it. I was shopping for my mom, y'all. Oh, God. All right, let's see, Eric, about your intro. <clears throat> Eric, Michael Estrada. Are we good so far? Sure. All right. Bronx-born musician, actor, best known for his work as lead vocalist and one-fourth member of the multi-platinum pop group O-Town, debuting at number one with the hit single Liquid Dreams, which we're definitely going to get into that. Mm. In 2000, the band quickly followed with an even stronger second single and one I'm highly jealous of, All or Nothing. Shortly after the groups uh, disbanded, Eric embraced the opportunity to develop and redefine his abilities as an actor and a writer. He moved to L.A., developed a solid body of independent film work, and published music. Eric is still with O Town and hanging around. Uh, that, that's all true. Yeah, uh, the hanging around, around part. Right the hanging around part's a little uh, broad. <laughs> Y'all, he's still he's hanging around. If you were to text your group text right now, who would be the first to respond and do it right now? I want to see if it's true. Uh, if I had group text, yeah, but it has to be an obscure thing because now, now these boy band members are are catching on to if people go on frosted tips that the group text gets hit up. Mm-hmm. So you got to do something like it sounds like you're. Like being arrested or something. Or be like, guys, can we guys, talk? Can we talk? <laughs> I fucked up. Oh, oh that's a good one. Yeah, sorry, good. can I say that on here? Oh, yeah. yeah. I okay, just had sorry. to put a little E on it, you know, and we're going to get a one star review for it. Oh, shut your Guys, face. I screwed up. <laughs> I'll put that in. Okay. <laughs> I can tell you who's going to respond. Wait, who do you think is going to? If Dan is not in the middle of like a coaching, yeah, I would say Dan would be my number one. I if think. Dan is not in the middle of a heavy coaching scenario, uh-huh. then it's going to be Trevor with okay. a question mark. Okay. Okay. Oh god. Because I just I just talked to Jacob, so he's not gonna. Yeah. Like what has happened in the last five minutes? So much. Dot dot dot. All right, we'll see who Ooh, responds. Dot dot dot. That's good. Um. So <laughs> let's talk. Like, so born in the Bronx, I was. Uh. What was it like growing up in the Bronx? Uh. Like what what was the family situation and how did you get into music? Well, I, I grew up in the Bronx in the uh, mid, I'm an 80s baby, so 80s, 90s. Um, it wasn't the easiest place to grow up. Uh, I, you know, a lot of muggings, a lot of uh, fights going on around me. Um, J Lo in the Bronx. Yes. Did you run into J Lo? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Well, she, only she was the one doing the mugging. No. Yeah. Well, I I actually was watching J Lo on In Living Color, and I was sneaking In Living Color because my mom wouldn't want me to watch anything like. To yeah. adult, oh. but I was obsessed with sketch comedy. Yeah. Like my whole life, I've been obsessed with sketch comedy. Yeah. Like Saturday Night Live. Um, Whose line is the, it anyway? A Ben Stiller show had Ben Stiller had a show for a while there oh, that was you? really good. Yeah. Um, and I would sneak and watch that. Um, but no, uh, I grew up in the Bronx, like J Lo, um, and it was it was kind of a weird time. You know, there was just a. It was pre-Rudy Giuliani. Um, this, you know, Times Square hadn't been really cleaned up yet. Right. Um, uh, the Yankees sucked. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not until the late nineties, though, it was amazing. Late nineties was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, uh, it was it was tough. Um, I started on my musical journey uh, through my through my mom. Uh, she was a, a worship leader in church, mm-hmm. and so I started singing in in church. What um, religion was, were you? We grew up Pentecostal, Pentecostal, Spanish Pentecostal, very uh, music centric. The entire, the entire uh, elder, you know, staff, you know, from the pastor to the pastor's brother, he led keys. Um, uh, we had sick bass guitarist, Frankie. Oh man, I remember he was so good. Um, but my mom was the female vocalist for like this worship team, and it was sort of like a concert all the, like every Sunday. Oh, that's um, 
And then my, my school was attached to that church. So I was in church pretty every much day. every day, yeah. uh, just growing up. Um, One of the common denominators I see from especially boy band members is starting in the church. Mm. Uh, I mean, we all, I mean, I did, and that's where I learned harmonies. And that's how, when I knew I wanted to be a bass singer, you know, cause mm. I was so excited that I was the first to like my voice changed. Mm. So I was like, yes, I'm going to be finally, cause in junior high, my teacher always made me, you know, sing with like the girls. I'm like, no, I don't want to sing with the girls. And then once my voice like changed a little bit, I'm like, no, I'm a bass. I'm a, I'm a man. man. Oh. I'm standing back there. Yeah. <laughs> my five foot five self. <laughs> yeah. You see, as I got older, I kept getting pushed to the front right uh, next to the girls. Yeah. Yeah. I like, uh, I was sort of my whole life. When I was younger, I was hitting Mariah Carey whistle notes. Ooh, and fancy. like the girls would always like uh, ask me to do that. Um and then as I got older, I sort of, you know, obviously I sing high in the group, you know, mm-hmm. that. You, you, you've performed enough. So a lot of falsetto, a lot of high stuff. Um, so I was a tenor one and, you know, I could hit alto notes. So I was sort of always like, um, I ran the borderline. They would stick me right at the corner mm-hmm. where the, the tenors would end and the altos would begin. Yeah. Hey dudes, this is Christine Taylor. And this is David Lasher. You may remember us as teenage co-stars on the Nickelodeon show Hey Dude back in the day. Now, decades later, we are together again as hosts of the Hey Dude the 90s Called podcast, where we revisit amazing 90s nostalgia. From music to movies to television and comedy, we cover it all. And we get to do it with an array of guests who made their mark in that magical era. Stars from Saved by the Bell, Married with Children, Blossom, Clueless, Full House, Beverly Hills 90210, the list goes on. And David, don't forget our number one fan, Mr. Ben Stiller. How could I forget Ben Stiller? I mean, it was so nice for us to both meet him for the first time. He was an amazing <laughs> guest. We've also had on other 90s megastars like Jason Priestley, Melissa Joan Hart, Kel Mitchell, and Mayim Bialik, just to name a few. And there's so much more to come. So sit back, relax. You can even binge our episodes and make sure to catch a new one each week. Listen to Hey Dude, the 90s called on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey LA, Lance Bass here with the latest in the City of Angels. From epic shopping to nonstop pride events, discoverla.com is your gateway to everything LA. From walk-up windows and rooftop bars to year-round alfresco dining, Los Angeles is a culinary thrill ride sure to leave visitors hungry for more. From tacos to sushi, we truly have some of the best restaurants. After you get a bite to eat, get a taste for fame firsthand by attending a star ceremony on Hollywood Boulevard or glyphs behind the scenes at world-famous studio tour. Stop and see a movie at the iconic El Capitan Theater and check out the stairs outside the Dolby Theater where all the stars walk before the Oscars. Take a hike at Glamorous Griffith or stop for a boba or a draft cold brew at an outdoor cafe perfect for people watching. There are endless amounts of outdoor activities in L.A. with our beautiful weather. And, of course, Pride is celebrated every day in Los Angeles. Everyone is welcome to experience our sparkling nightlife, indulgent spas, and sensational shopping. Plan your weekend at discoverla.com. It's time to leave your mark in the City of Angels. Lance Bass, signing off. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. 
I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Now, we spoke to Trevor and Ashley about how they audition for making the band yeah uh trevor recorded a tape with his friend and got yeah. called in in fact he didn't really get called in his friend did but he came anyway and <laughs> made it yeah. uh, ashley had a manager that sent him to the audition what was your experience like because this is before because now people if you go out for something like this it makes sense you have american idol you have all these reality shows you're like okay i know what i'm getting into but yeah. this was kind of new ground this was and you had access yeah oh yeah exactly so this was sort of like the biggest thing right and yeah. this is not even not even this like we didn't, yeah, didn't have, even have phones i didn't really. even have a computer yeah. yeah in my in my house we didn't even have a computer yeah well we um, didn't we never had a computer Mm-mm. so um i it was absolutely serendipitous how it happened um I had just I had taken a semester off from college. Um, I had gone to college for a vocal scholar on a vocal scholarship. Um, I had been screwing around and and uh, I needed to reassess. And so I went back home and and I said I'm going to refocus. I'm going to reharness this energy and and, and rechannel it in the right directions. Starting with my family and then uh, um, onward into into school. And it was during that that two week three week time period that I saw on E News. That Lou, the infamous, mm-hmm. was doing um, auditions mm-hmm. and a search all over the country. Now this is like the first of its type yeah. at this point, and I end up see I end up walking into my mom's den. She's watching TV, and it comes on right when I walk in. And I I had sort of like it was more like a it was more like a you know when your parents do like a little flick in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. And I saw that and I was like, man, I, I, I should be doing that. I had an R and B group in, in high school. Oh, yeah. I was doing a vocal scholarship. I was like, this is what I, what I was meant to do. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in my mind. Um, and so I saw that really didn't react to that, um, or do anything post seeing that 
uh, the next morning, uh, same room, a different time. I walk into the same room. The TV happens to be on. And at the time, National Enquirer had their own news magazine show on and happened to be on. And this, a set, the same segment was on oh, National wow. Enquirer TV. Mm. And it went from a flick in the head to a gut punch. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the universe right there. Kismet. Oh, it, it was absolutely. And I, um, I, I remember getting on the phone immediately, um, calling my mom. She had a computer at work. I was like, you need to find out where this audition is being held. I kind of feel like I need to do this. Um, my mom has never been one to, um, um, if I need, I'm the ambitious dreamer in my yeah. life. My mom's a lot more practical. Yeah. So the idea of going off for an audition for anything. Yeah, she's a realist. Yeah, she's a realist. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't in, she didn't really grasp that. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, I had a girlfriend who lived down the street at the time. I went over to her place, searched on the computer, didn't even know what to search for. Cause I didn't know it was a TV show. I didn't know ABC was involved. I didn't know Buna Murray was involved, anything. Um, <sighs> this story is getting long winded, but um, the next uh, this happened over the course of two days. And then um, the, the, on the on the third day, I was I called my mom, said, I need, really need you to find this information. If you can, I'm heading back over to, to my ex's house and I'm going to go find this information. I'm about to walk out the door. I couldn't I'm as far as I am from Michael to the door and the house phone rings. Mind you, the house line. Okay. Yeah. With with the curly <laughs> the cord. cord. Yeah, with the course. curly cord, right? Um you you don't miss those calls. Yeah. Right? You don't let those calls yeah, go. No, no, you don't no. know who's who's on the other end. It could be anyone. It could be your one chance. It could be the president of the United States trying to get in touch with us. You never know. Mm-hmm. Right. So um I was conflicted. I had actually my door my hand was like on the way to the doorknob. I could I could film a perfect version of this. Yeah. And it wouldn't be an exaggeration. And I like went to grab the doorknob and I was like deciding whether or not to pick up the phone, decided to pick up the phone. And it's a guy that I had met uh, three weeks prior um, through one of my fellow singers in college. She had connected us and said, hey, listen, you have to meet this guy. He's a singer. You guys should do a group together or something. Um, Everyone around me was always really promoting me going and doing, following this dream of mine. Mm -hmm. And um, so he calls me up and he's like, hey, this is Dave. I don't know if you remember me, but I met you a few weeks ago. Um, I'm going to this audition tomorrow morning at six in the morning. Have you ever heard of Lou Perlman? And my jaw drops. And I was like, are you serious? Mm. I was just about to leave to go find this information on this audition. He's like, well, it's tomorrow in Orlando. Mind you, I'm living in Florida at the time. So it was wake up at six, be there by eight. And, um, and so I went without a, without a a video, uh, without um, an audition tape. Um, I I was a walk on. He had a videotape. He went in. He was done around noon. He didn't get called back, unfortunately. Um, and like a true, a true friend, he stayed there with me until nine o'clock at night when I had my audition. Yeah. Oh, wow. And um, and I walk in to a, to a room with a huge table, a big room with a huge table. Um, Jay Morose, remember Jay Morose? Oh yeah. So Jay Morose. God. Jay Morose. Yeah. Do I know Jay Morose? Yeah. <laughs> so Jay Morose is there. He becomes my contact throughout the day, um, throughout the audition process, and um, we created quite a quite a rapport. And he walks into the audition room and says, "This is this this guy you've been waiting for all day." And I had no idea he said this. This is like afterwards. Um, so I walk in. There's two people in there in a big table, um, and they're like. I was there so long that this is good. This, I was there so long. Um, they wanted a, a choreography and and a song to track and an acapella. 
But I was there so long that I had actually learned tearing up my heart. Oh, yeah. The uh, the uh, the uh, choreography. I feel like everyone's saying tearing my heart for this audition. <laughs> well, because it was the only thing that was actually signed off on. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, so you could actually air it. <laughs> yeah. You could actually like air it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I I'm like I ask. I didn't know this was like this really helped me at the time. But I'm like, hey, can I do the choreography? And sing at the same time for the track because I had sort of gotten used to doing it both That's while nice. I was waiting the entire day. They're like, "Yeah, sure." So I did that. Um, They're like, "Great, fill out a callback sheet." And I'm like, "A what sheet?" I had no idea what mm. this callback, you know, word meant. Go outside, fill out a callback sheet. Yeah. Next thing you know, Jay comes back up to me. He goes, "Hey, listen, they want to see you again." And at this point, I start getting really nervous, and I'm like, "Oh man, yeah, they didn't. There's something there. They're gonna they're gonna turn me down." Um, I walk in. And I walk into a light, a, a, a super, le- a super, a super, le- uh, a bigly lit room um, <laughs> with with Kino lights everywhere. Uh, two cameramen uh, in there filming Lou Perlman sitting at the at the center next to Lynn Harless and all of the girls of innocence and all, everyone from MTV and everyone from ABC. I guess everyone had broke for dinner and they had called everyone back from dinner to come back down to see my performance and my audition. And the rest is history. That's right. So Lynn Harless oh, and Innocence wow. were like judges at that time. I I owe a lot to Lynn Harless. No way. And I don't know if she was part of this. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, they were in Orlando, so I guess Lou invited them down. Uh huh. So well, you know, for listeners that don't, Lynn Harless is Justin Timberlake's mom. Innocence was the group that she put together and managed that had Britney Spears in it originally. So yeah, little background for all you newbies out there. You but you real fans, you know exactly yeah, you what know I'm exactly. talking about, don't you? <laughs> um, all right, so, yeah, Tearing Up My Heart. Now I understand, yeah, it's a TV show. Of course, licensing, mm-hmm. there's probably like 10 songs that you can sing. Yep. Duh, okay. And Lou Perlman owned that song. We sure didn't. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, so at this time, reality shows and competition shows didn't really exist. We had The Real World, which yep. you worked with Buna Murray. Um so uh, what did you think about this added layer or of not only trying to make it in the band but making it on this TV show? Because at that time, you weren't auditioning as an actor at all and mm-hmm. doing television. I mean, although it's music, it's still acting. Mm-hmm. I mean, reality is, is acting. Um, so did that worry you at all that you had to have this television element on top of performing? By the way, Butum and Murray – would shut that down so quick if I ever said that reality is acting because their whole premise was docu-style, fly on the wall, be you, it used and to just be that you. Way. Look, it used right. to be Right, it, it did, it did. Once upon it, a time. It's it not did. that way anymore. <laughs> well, well, because, and we learned this because a lot of the new methods were pioneered on our show. Mm-hmm. And we only know this in hindsight because at first it was very much like a reality show, a very controlled environment inside of a house you know, you wake up, you start talking in the middle of the night, the keynotes go on and a cameraman floats in. There's, you know, there's round the clock surveillance, basically, mm-hmm. um, which it works if you're in a house. Yes, you do forget that you're being filmed. Of course. Yeah. Um, what you what ends up happening in the second and third season is we end up getting signed and end up traveling the world and they have little to no control over like. Right. Our day and our nights. Yeah. So we have to sort of start this very new, very fresh, soft scripting process where we are contributing ideas mm-hmm. to producers directly to directors and finding moments and times where we can have conversations about right. these topics so that they can get their coverage. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And not talk about it until then. Exactly. And I'm sure there were scenes you'd have to retake because sound was bad. You're like, really? We have to have that serious conversation again and pretend that it's <laughs> like of the course. first time? Yeah. Yes. 
Uh, and so, that's what I always say with reality. Uh, what people don't understand is it's edited, you know, after the fact. So you do your part and then they can edit any way they want you to look. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like they write the story after the fact. Scripted, you're, it's there. You know what the story is. You know how it's going to end. Yeah. Reality, they write it after you're done shooting. It's all in that edit. Yeah, because they don't know what's happening mm-hmm. until they see it all. And so I um, – it's very – that's a very – that's a perfect segue to my character in the first season. Um, we touched on the fact that I was from New York. So being raised in New York, you kind of are raised with this sort of – defensive wall bravado of we are New Yorkers and everyone else is just doesn't understand us. Mm -hmm. And so I have that aspect to my personality, but for most people who know New Yorkers, they have big hearts and they, they love hard and I really love the guys and I love the process that we were going through. Um, But they really needed to create more of my character. So in the first season you see a very um, edited version of who I am. Um, they sort of made me out to be uh, this guy who didn't really care as much, who mm-hmm. was out partying, who got sick because he was partying. Yeah. And that wasn't necessarily the case. Um, but they needed to figure out how to get, you know, it's about commercial breaks mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, it's about figuring out, like, yeah. how do we get people back to, to, to take interest in this? And so that was my character at first. And as I learned the process, I learned the more I contribute, of myself and the more I open up of myself, the less they have the power of editing a storyline around, yeah. you, know, you know, based on their own script mm-hmm. and ideas. Yeah. So in the second and third season, I took far more of an initiative yeah. to, to give making the band a, l- a lot more of who I was. Right. And, you know, doing that first season, you didn't know, but watching the first season back, what did you see of yourself? You're like, oh, I need to change that. So much. Yeah. So much. <laughs> like, what, what, like, give me some I can only imagine. Like, I could, yeah. If I, that's why I could never do reality. I, I couldn't watch myself. I could never go back and watch myself because I would just pick apart Everything. every little thing. I oh, did. Why do I say like I, so much? Why am I doing this? I'm picking my nose. Oh my God. I sound like that. Yeah. yeah. I can only uh-huh. imagine. So much. I mean, yeah. the list is, it's a myriad mm-hmm. of, uh, cause you see that with the critiques. housewives too. The first season, they kind of just do their thing, whatever. In second season, you see a little, you know, nip tuck done because oh. they're like, "Oh, I saw that I my cheeks need to be a little fuller there." Physically, yeah. they decided uh, they needed to yeah. say less, do more. Like uh-huh. you know, you see yourself and how you want to be portrayed. So you kind of create yeah. your character, and you have yeah. the fans also kind of contributing that, putting things in your head. Well, but, especially now with like yeah, social media. Yeah, but back then there was no social media. So what was the reaction from the making the band fans? Yeah, I mean, the first season there was those that could see themselves in me, which I think a lot of reality TV, you get that, right? You, mm-hmm. you find that in boy bands in general, you find those characters that you can relate to. Yeah. So like a lot of New Yorkers would get me, but a lot of the Midwesters, they just didn't really understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a mixed bag, you know, um, everyone, you know, loved who they had. They had their, they had the, you know, their favorites all the way down. And, um, and for me, that was tough. That was tough. It was tough. And, and I didn't realize how much it had affected me. Um, because at the same time, you're trying to compete to make it into this group. And that's really all I cared about. Like, yeah. I just really wanted to be in a group. I didn't want to be on a reality show. I didn't want to be a spectacle yeah. and and be, you know, the puck. At the time, puck yeah, was puck, like, yeah. like oh, the yeah. guy, right? Oh, yeah. So I didn't want to be puck. I wanted, I, I just wanted to earn my role and find and define it. You know, yeah. I'm 20 years old. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't even know who I am yet. Yeah. Um, and then you see yourself back on camera and you start to realize, oh, that's how people react. And you see other people's interviews 
on me. And then you're like, yeah, oh, that's yeah. how I'm coming off to them. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's th- it was therapy every Friday night. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It was therapy every Friday. I can imagine. Well, being 20 years old from the Bronx, I'm sure not cool to be boy band fan at all at that mm-hmm. age. Uh, <laughs> what did your friends think when you when you made this band? You're like, wait, what? <laughs> you listen, like you listen to this music? Mm, yeah. Um, I think I um I think that was far less of um a surprise. I think the surprise was we all thought he can do this, and oh shit, he is doing it. Yeah. And there was that. I, I when my parents moved me from New York City down to Florida, we lived in a very small beach community, like very just very tight. What town was that? Where Me- Melbourne, Palm Bay area. Okay. Um. So it was it was just very small. Mm-hmm. Um. Not a lot of you know notable people had emerged from there. Mm-hmm. Um. So the idea that I can actually get to that point was was sort of far fetched. Mm-hmm. Um. As most people who I think come who, that come from small places, smaller towns. And then becoming big, I think they almost have that bigger dreamer like um, motivation. Mm-hmm. They're like, I gotta get out of this yeah. town, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of felt, I kind of felt that, you know. Mm-hmm. I felt that in the Bronx, looking in on Manhattan. I always wanted to work in Manhattan. I always wanted to be a part of that Manhattan lifestyle because I was always on the outskirts and yeah. the boroughs. Yeah. And then when I moved to Florida, I felt even more detached. And I just felt like I want to be there. I need to be there. I have so much more to give. I have so much more to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that was sort of more the reaction. Um, and then you start to see like where your your lo- the, the loyals, where the loyalty oh, yeah. lies for people. Oh, of course. Because yeah. then all you'll of find the- out quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when the the group was finally formed, uh, I think started like eight of you went onto the show, or se- how many like- started from twenty five down uh, to eight. Eight. Okay. And then the yeah. eight got weaned down to five. Okay. And then obviously it moved from five to four. Uh-huh. And then that's when we added Dan. Right. Yes. Right. Right. Because we had some friends like J.D. Myers was like one of those. J.D. Myers. Yeah. You remember? Yeah. And Paul Martin. Like oh, I went yeah. to high school with Paul. Oh, you went. Th- oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I had a lot of connections. Like, yeah. I forget J.D. His, I know J.D. I know. He was so He's talented. a good friend of ours. I, always, every, I know. I'd yeah. Say, yeah. <laughs> What's weird is that like we saw him after he came on the show and did uh, that and he, he became friends with you guys. And mm-hmm. I was like, it was just, it was cool to see him. Yeah. Um, I forget about Paul. Paul. Paul was such a really great character for the show. Yeah. And, and Paul went on to do. Lose Country Band. Correct. Oh, I forget the name of it, but yeah. Who's Country that Band? Yeah, he, yeah. he started a country oh, boy band. I did not know Which this. is a great idea because Rascal Flatts, like yeah. all those were killing it. Um, I just don't know why it didn't. I think maybe the guys didn't get along or something. Uh, Marshall Dillon? Marshall Dillon. Dude. Yeah. Did, that, did I just pull that out of my head? Oh, you, I can't wow. believe you remember a name. Wow. Of wow. Me of all people remember. I know. This is shocking. Yikes. Um, I can tell episode. you why it didn't work out. I okay, can tell so, you why most boy bands didn't work out yeah. after us. Okay, tell yeah, tell us what, what, what in the formula yeah. did not work. Because you guys were so gosh darn big. I said gosh darn. By the way. <laughs> See, we're not getting any on this episode. Gosh darn it. You guys are, were so big. Um, it was so much of you, so much of Backstreet, so much of 98 Degrees. Yeah. Um, there was no meat left on the bone for I mean, it's true. anyone at that time. And if it wasn't for... The television show and the exposure and the connectivity that happened with the audience, a broad audience at that point, Mm -hmm. not only like young girls, but like their parents, because it was Friday night television, we would never, ever have seen a second season. And honestly, the second season wouldn't have happened if we didn't get signed by Clive Davis Mm -hmm. and then essentially having a song that was already set for us. You know, we I'm very thankful all or nothing but 
we wouldn't have existed if it wasn't for that. So I really feel for all of the other boy bands that came out at that time with those delu- with <laughs> delusions. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Delusions with those dreams grandeur. of being big. Um, uh, there's uh, there was <laughs> there was there was little room for that at that yeah. point. The, the the world was over it. The world was over. We were ready to see. We were ready to yeah. see Justin cry cry, cry rivers cry, all over yeah, the place. Cry rivers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was the dynamic like when you finally got to those five? Dan joins the group. Um, what was the dynamic between you five? Were there some that you just really related to immediately and some were like, I don't know about this guy. Yeah. Um, we never knew about a Kaika where that was the guy who ended up like quitting. Um, so we never really formed a bond with him. The bond was really formed between us four, Jacob, Ashley, myself and Trevor very much off the bat. And we knew immediately, like they're going to have to like pry us away from each other because we have now galvanized and, we know each other's strengths. We know each other's roles. And that's another thing with boy bands too. It's like, there's five guys, you know, usually in a band, like what is everyone's role? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and yeah. you, you got to figure it out and like, you're divvying up parts. I mean, luckily we've learned, we've learned the chemistry now on how to do that in the current iteration of O-Town. But back then, you know, we're always trying to, you know, we have like young 20 year old egos. I want to sing that. Like I should be the lead, you yeah. know, and everyone had that feeling. We never had that. We were told and put in our place exactly what we were going to be. So, and it just worked. It worked for us. Yeah. Um, we, we all knew our roles from day one. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know, I guess that's why we didn't fight much over. We never fought over leads parts, or any yeah. parts yeah. at all because it was just known that Justin and JC going to be the leads and we're doing all the harmonies done. We'll see. That's, um, that's interesting because for us, we wanted to, <laughs> we wanted to be like you guys, but we also we wanted to be the 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 the, uh, the sort of amalgamation of both Backstreet and NSYNC at the time. You guys mm-hmm. were our big brothers, right? We're like the we're like the kid that an older fam like an older you know couple has after they send their their two off to college yeah. then they find out that they're pregnant again they're like, oh, that's God. us yeah. Yeah. and so <laughs> got to make it work yeah and so and so we had to figure out like how how do we identify with you know them being so big so we need to dance just as much as in sync and we all need to sing like yeah. most of the backstreet guys do and so like we started to figure that that's what we wanted to sort of become our dna and it and it did it did um it did be, create issues at times. Um, but one thing about the guys in the group, maybe similar to you guys, is that we were um, really competitive. And we learned really early on that it didn't do us any good to be super competitive with one another as much as it yeah. did competitive for the greater goal. And so the greater goal was we need to be successful. We need to maximize this television show. We need to maximize our opportunity. And so... Uh, the idea of us coming together as a team that became that became paramount for us, mm-hmm. which is becoming a team. Yeah, and it's great, and I love the brotherhood that you form. You can never get rid of, and that's one thing I love about being a part of a group. Um, even if you hate the guy this day, you love them. You mm-hmm. love them anyway, and you're just it's your brother. You're always going to come back to that, just that family.
Hey LA, Lance Bass here with the latest in the City of Angels. From epic shopping to nonstop pride events, discoverla.com is your gateway to everything LA. From walk-up windows and rooftop bars to year-round alfresco dining, Los Angeles is a culinary thrill ride sure to leave visitors hungry for more. From tacos to sushi, we truly have some of the best restaurants. After you get a bite to eat, get a taste for fame firsthand by attending a star ceremony on Hollywood Boulevard or glyphs behind the scenes at world-famous studio tour. Stop and see a movie at the iconic El Capitan Theater and check out the stairs outside the Dolby Theater where all the stars walk before the Oscars. Take a hike at Glamorous Griffith or stop for a boba or a draft cold brew at an outdoor cafe perfect for people watching. There are endless amounts of outdoor activities in L.A. with our beautiful weather. And, of course, Pride is celebrated every day in Los Angeles. Everyone is welcome to experience our sparkling nightlife, indulgent spas, and sensational shopping. Plan your weekend at discoverla.com. It's time to leave your mark in the City of Angels. Lance Bass, signing off. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And I love how y'all have, you know, made this Big comeback with the four of you guys. You're killing it right now on the Pop 2000 tour. Y'all started that how many years ago? About four now. I know. I mean, how many days do you think you were actually going to do when you first came up with that tour? (laughs) You're like, it's going to be a summer. No. (laughs) Yeah, it was a summer. It was a, uh, you know, when I met you in the summer, Uh, you know, we had, that was really what it was. It was like, it was, Hey, let's get together because like UK, would love to see a revival of all the boy bands and like you know we did really well over there so let's go and do that and then at, 
we had no idea the states was going to we're going to take to us yeah. um and then we didn't have we didn't at the time nostalgia i think there's like a moment where like acts have to realize that yeah. you have now crossed the threshold mm-hmm. of being current and cool and new yes. to nostalgia yeah. Mm-hmm. Legacy. Yeah. Like a legacy and band. we're yeah. a legacy band officially and luckily we have a legacy that we can lean on with great tunes and yeah, they're not a lot, but we are leaving money on the table. We are leaving these fans empty, you know, you know, empty handed. Um, let's give them something. Um, and so, no, yeah, we didn't, we had no clue. And honestly, we, we were going to be done in the first year, even after touring and seeing like success. Yeah. Um, until 98 degrees was like, Hey, um, well actually Jeff and I ended up having like a, a conversation and saying, Hey, like, it would be dope if like we went on tour together yeah. and then we met at Roosevelt and then saw one of the girls from dream who was working at the Roosevelt mm-hmm. and we were like, Hey, yeah. wait a second. We're on a meeting about this tour that we're going to be on, that we're thinking <laughs> yeah. about doing. Join, would join you want to be on it? And Diana from, from dream. And she uh-huh. was like, yeah, she was like working. The, she was like the manager at the Roosevelt. Like, oh, you know, no way. Like, yeah. And so she was like, she was like, yeah, I would totally do it. I mean, me and the girls aren't together, but we totally consider it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that led to the, my two K tour. And then, um, and it was because of the My 2K tour that we're we're still here today, um, because it gave us this like forty city tour exposure. That oh my gosh, these guys are back, and it's a high energy show, and it's not what you expect. Yeah. You guys can perform, Thank like you were saying you. earlier yeah. that you know you wanted to dance like us, you wanted to sing like Backstreet, like y'all did that. I mean, Thank it's you. I mean, I would watch your show every night, and <laughs> it was it's so good, and yeah. and you're so lucky because. Like you said, you get into that legacy era and a lot of bands aren't able to do that because they might have one hit, right? Mm -hmm. But you guys have several hits to be able to work with. So you'll be able to tour as long as you want to. Um, And and that's that's what's so great, you know, and and hard in in this career is to have those those type of hits that people will always cherish and always remember. And you got to do that many times over. Many times over, and and I'll say this: like, there's a lot of groups out there, a lot of acts that have really great songs. But one thing that our group doesn't lack, which a lot of those other artists do, is we don't lack the lazy gene. Mm-hmm. You have to get out there, you yeah. have to perform. It's a grind. There is nothing glamorous about what we do. Mm-hmm. You've been there, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> you know, like for us, you know, like we. We grind it out. We're weekend warriors. We grind it out yeah, for four hustle, days for with sure. two days of travel and each one of those days in between. Um, but we know that the the gratification that comes from that, you know, 90 minutes of, of performing and we see those faces and we see how happy those the, our fans are, um, that we get we get to be a part of their escapism. Like it's just such a, a, an enormous gift. Um something that in between the time that me and the guys were together, I sort of wanted to forget. I sort of wanted to forget that I was in O-Town at one point in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that um, that we had the courage to do it again, mm-hmm. despite so many people saying that it was going to fail. Right. So many people that yeah. you and I both know. Yeah. People, I, like, yeah. Man- work, yeah. managers and everyone. Mm-hmm. Like Still to this day, people can't believe that Pop 2000 is actually a viable yeah. brand that can go around and tour the country. Yeah. Um, they just don't think it has legs and, you know, sorry. Like, I mean, it's been years and it's, it's been going years. strong. No yeah. kidding. Um, when it did just halt at the end of the show mm-hmm. um, and you decided, you know, to take a break, what did you, th- in your head, where did you think you belonged in the business? Where did you want to go after O-Town? 
Yeah, so uh, that Wikipedia, wherever you pulled that from, yeah. was actually right. Oh, nice! Um, finally, I actually had uh, I actually had an agent who who poached me uh, from the group at the time uh, at towards the weaning hours of the group's twilight, and there were, he was like, "Hey, listen, I I think you're an actor. I believe that you need to be on screen. I believe you have a lot to offer. Um, I would like for I need for you to move to L.A." I was doing a lot of uh, tape, doing a lot of submitting through tape. And he was like, no, nah, you just need to be here and get on a grind and, and start and start doing the acting thing. And it was always a part of, like, my life. Like, I always did music and theater. I always did, like, plays and whether it be in church or in school or in college, it was always a part of it. Um, did you have a favorite player musical you did growing up? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I have, um, if anything, I have a regret. I regret that I didn't follow through with West Side Story. My best friend at the time yeah. got the lead over me, and I decided to pull out. Yeah. And I and I and I really regret that. I really wish I would have done West Side Story. West Side Story is what changed my life. It did. When I did that musical, I, that's when I realized I want to be on this stage. Like this is incredible. And then I had dreams of Broadway after that. But that mm-hmm. that musical just really stuck with me. So that's funny because it was the 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 opposite effect. I didn't do that show and I never wanted to feel that, uh, you're missing out that missing out that FOMO that I quit, um, because of essentially my ego. And I can, I can say that honestly now, like Mm -hmm. it was my ego that did it, you know? Um, and, uh, I, I just, I, that was, that was the one, but yeah, so I moved to LA and I started, I started going on the grind and it was, um, not easy. Um, Sarah Finn and Randy Hiller are really big. Um, they're really big casting directors. I, um, Sarah Finn does like, um, a lot of all, every show now. Mm-hmm. And I had, I remember I'd, I'd gone out for a few, I had made really great relationships with casting directors in, in town. Um, a lot of auditions right around the corner here. Mm-hmm. And, um, she, we had met at a party once and this is after I screen tested for a really legendary <laughs> movie now, but I had screen tested for it. And she Wait, can you tell us the movie? Yeah, Coach Carter. Oh, I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> I I was um I had screen tested for um oh wow for one of the characters, one of the leads, and it was supposed to be opposite Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. And I had done everything, I'd given everything to that role. Um I had taken basketball lessons to help my game. That's um, why I didn't make it. <laughs> oh, that's why I didn't even audition. Oh, that's uh, why. And so I, I had, I had gone, I had gone down to the last final screen test and, um, they ended up calling me and it was really bad news for me. I was like really bummed about it. And I had met up with one of the, one of the casting directors at, at a party just shortly after that. And she had said, Hey, listen, you know, you're incredible actor. You have a lot to offer. You're don't ever stop acting because of this, Mm -hmm. but know this, that I, the fact that you're from this group will beeline you to the front of the audition room, but it will at times be the thing that stops you from It'll getting the role. It'll be the thorn role. in your ass. Yeah. A hundred percent. a double-edged sword. Because, I mean, I've had sure. so many casting directors, two two reasons why many casting directors says, I can't give you this part because, one, you're gay. Like, now they know you. It's like they know you too well as being gay, and they can't get past that. I mean, mm-hmm. This was years ago. No casting director would ever say that to your face these days. No way. Uh, and the other was, yeah, like, again, they know you too well as Lance Basham in sync. Mm-hmm. Like, they can't get past that. 
Yeah. Um, so there was just many things. I just kind of gave up. I'm like, okay, then if no one's going to hire me because they just want me to be Lance Bass, and that's what I play in every single role I do in the last 10 years is like <laughs> this version of Lance Bass, this crazy version of Lance Bass. I think you were Lance Bass. So, so far this year, like four different I don't even know things. if I play Lance Bass well, <laughs> but I do it. We don't even know what, who Lance Bass I, is I don't anymore. even know who I am anymore. There's Lance too many Bass? versions of me out there Coming this that I have no idea who I am. That's next, that's, uh, that's next on the slate. Yeah. <laughs> who is right. Lance Bass? Who is Lance Bass? Played by Lance Bass. Produced by Lance, Lance Bass, Bass. Directed by Lance Bass. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be Beyonce You're the again. Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So that became a thing. Like the typecasting became a thing. And, and, and I... Uh, I realized that I didn't really want to like uh, just wait for people to give me a role. I didn't want to wait for uh, to be a part of a shitty movie. I wanted to be, you know, ha- control my own destiny. Um, so I started writing and I started um, I started creating what I thought would be great opportunities for myself um, with, you know, delusions of grandeur that I can write a script and uh-huh. sell it and, and be a part of the big machine, which is really tough to do. But I had I, I had these thoughts and. What I learned in the process was I didn't care about the acting process. I cared about the creative process. Yeah. I love being on mm-hmm. set. I love being a part of like the team. I yeah. love the idea that we get together every morning at six in the morning and we do a 12 hour shift sometimes into overtime, you know, and we are part of making a bigger thing happen. And so um, I just started, I decided I was going to go down that direction. I was like, I'm going to go behind the scenes and I'm going to write, I'm going to produce, and I'm going to see this, this dream, not the same way I had it when I was young, because being in a boy band was sort of like a 13, 14 year old dream, you know, but utilizing the skill sets that I had developed over the course of being in the group, how do I apply those? And how do I create something else for me moving into my What's your process with writing? Um, because I love writing. I love creating. I mean, me and you are kind of like the same in the whole like film, television. Just We just like to create. Mm-hmm. I can't write a script for the life of me. Like I, I don't know the rules of script mm-hmm. writing, right? So I have to have someone that joins me in that. Like I'll give the story, the, the characters, what they're going to say, all this, but I can't put it into a script form. Are you able to do that or do you have like a partner that you love to work with? Yeah, I do have, I do have, I've had several partners that I've worked with and I take everything from them and I try to apply that to myself. Um, but my first, my first go at screenwriting was I got a couple of books and I just started putting scenes together. The scenes that I knew in my head, I just put them down and they were long winded AF. Yeah. <laughs> they are just not, you can never make a page count. Yeah. with the way I was putting my, my putting my pages together. Like it would be a 220. Oh my God. That's how I would be. The first time I did a beat sheet, which took me like three months for this TV show, I was like, <laughs> sure and did. then didn't sell the TV show. I'm yeah. like, not again, never again. No, Mm-mm. This was too much work for absolutely nothing. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do this myself. Oh, I learned, I read a book on writing a beat sheet. It was great. But then, nope, not sold. I'm like, I'm not wasting my time ever again. Someone yes, else is going to do that bullshit. This sounds accurate. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, when when I started, I didn't have a clue. Um, I just had the ambition. And so it's the same as like maybe when I was young in singing or even like in the beginning process of O-Town recording, you go into the studio and it seems like that room, which is really small and tight and soundproof, mm-hmm. seems enormous and scary and overwhelming. Um, but the more you go into that booth and the more you start singing over these tracks and the more you start creating, it starts to um, become shorthand and you start to create um uh habits that now 
help you QC, help you quality control. And I, at the end of the day, that's that's sort of like what my older version of myself has probably adapted more to is the quality control aspect of well, I'm not going to go down this scene because like where is it going to happen? Where is it going to go? Or I'm not going to I'm not going to start on um, these verses or this top line even for a song because where how do we how do we make this viable? How do we make this sellable? Mm -hmm. So those sort of things just become a part of like your, the head, you know, that you're, you're just a part of like your process. And I'm still developing every day. Every time I get in front, if I take time away from like not writing, it's sometimes it's like, Oh, I, I get that initial feeling of like, Oh my gosh, I'm not gonna be able to do this. Yeah. And then like, you know, once you start going, mm -hmm. it starts to, you know, I'm like, Oh yeah, I got this. And I can like, cause I'm sure your note section like mine is just full yes. of ideas, you know? Yes. Um, and my, my manager a couple of years ago was like, cause I have too many ideas. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I have so many projects that I can't really focus. And then just most never get done because they're just spread out everywhere. So it was like, just take three or four. And just work on that. And don't create anything else. Do not create anything else. I can't not do that. I know. I'll be sitting in bed. I'm like, okay. I, oh, I'm pretty I sure you were creating like, something yesterday. I, every day. I know. Every day. I was like talking to you. But then I put you. the phone down. I'm like, no, no, no. I know. I'm not. No, not going to create anything else. But then I'm like, no, I have to. It's just, it's in us. Like, we have to do it. Is there a film or show that you've developed or want to develop that you just really want to be your next project? Like, can you say that on because I feel like sometimes when you put it in the universe, it kind of comes to you. I've sold a few films that way. I just said I it do. and they came to me. I have I have well, I have three projects right now that I wrote and developed and I have script. I have it in feature form, I have it in a four part miniseries. I developed it with uh with a with a major cable company yeah. channel. I those need to happen. Yeah. Um it sounds like they're like right there. We were right there. We yeah. were developing it for nine months, and then there was a merger, and then the merger. Uh, oh, it's always the merger. Change, it's regime always change, that. Oh, COVID. Oh, like just oh, there's so many there's, excuses in this. And thing. that's why I've learned you need a lot of ideas mm -hmm. because sometimes people put all of their eggs into one idea, yeah. and then they can't sell it, or they yeah. refuse to sell it, or they like wait for the perfect deal to happen, and that perfect mm -hmm. deal may not happen. I've sort of learned how to like detach myself from the creative brain that I used to have mm -hmm. and now say, okay, like there's, I need to sell this and I, and I'm willing to sell it yeah. as long mm -hmm. as someone's willing to buy it because I have like 20 in the clip yeah. ready to go out whenever well, that happens. And every year regime does change. And there's so many shows that I worked on for years developing and we pitch it. And now my agents are like, well, it's already been pitched. You can't pitch it again. I'm like, why not? Yeah. Like it's still relative today. And there's a whole new, there's a new president now. Like no one's even heard this pitch, but they won't let me take some of these out. They're like, yeah, it's, it's dead in the water. You can't pitch it again. And I think that's so stupid because there's one show I just sold to CBS that I've literally been developing for 12 years and I've pitched four different versions of it over the last 12 years. Mm -hmm. So every network's heard it, every, every different version oh, yeah. of it. And then finally, just last summer, CBS bought it. I'm like, so you can repitch something. Well, one, congratulations. Well, we'll um, see if it actually gets made. Yeah, exactly. Right. But, but what happens, I think, and this is from my perspective, is that there's, you know, 12 years allows for there to be that click over, that cyclical click over where we kind True. of restart back to like where, oh, this is new again. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, sort of like boy bands. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, like where it's like now we've kind of got past this part where like this is not passe and we can move forward. And I've seen, honestly, this is not this. This is the truth. There are three shows on air right now 
that I totally <laughs> came up with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is totally well, came I, up with. Lance has those up. moments. And, as and, well. and then and and so that that brings and that brings me to my next theory <laughs> that we are just conduits. hundred yeah. percent. We're conduits. Yeah. We're energy conduits, right? We're like, we're, we're, we're tuned in, you know, and the more you open yourself up to an idea or a concept or a belief, the more you can sort of attract that, that, that frequency to you. And, you know, I believe that like, I might've picked up a frequency. I might've picked up an idea in, you know, in the, in the radio, in the radio waves. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and that became something that I, I, I thought worked. Um, I like to check off boxes before I get started on something, mm-hmm. you know, is this sellable? Like, does it hit what, where we are as a, you know, a society? Um, and then if they're, and if I don't, some, some of my projects didn't have that and I've gone back to retool them to say, okay, we're going to make this person a female and we're going to make this person, you know, really have like an understand, make this person a certain ethnic background and whatever the case may be, you kind of go back and retool these things and it becomes a, a brand new project. So again, I have total faith that like the, the ideas and the, projects that I've worked on as hard as I have will find a home in the home that they're supposed to be in because not all money is good money. Not every partner is a great partner. Not every network is a great network to partner up with. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I just truly believe that there was a, a divine calling on these stories and they will find their way where they're supposed to be. Yeah. But it still sucks when you see your idea on screen and then you, <laughs> then you read the credits like, Oh yeah. I pitched that to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I've done that moments. one. I have one perfect for you, but now yeah. that I know you have so many ideas, I fear like I should ever like tell you. No, because, tell me. Because then you're going to be like, <laughs> then you're going to get pissed. <laughs> no, And please. you're going to be like, what are you Just doing? add another. It's fine. Oh, please. I'm, I'm yeah. used, I mean, it's... we have two kids. I can, I can, yeah, I can I focus on a lot of things these he days. Can focus on. Uh-huh. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you off air. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cause my, mine that I always see, I'm not saying I created American Idol, but. They might have gotten the idea from me because I did my freelance search 2000. Mm-hmm. So we know the year was 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, freelance and look at this little premise. So three judges, Pink, Brian McKnight, Robin Wiley, our vocal coach. Oh, yeah. um, uh, what's his name? Hosted it. Uh, oh, MTV uh, TRL. Uh, Dave Holmes Dave hosted. Holmes. Yeah. You show the bad auditions because they're just funny. Like people have never yes. seen bad auditions before. Love them. Right. And you're just like, oh my God, this, these poor people are telling this kid that they sound good. And, they're horrible. It, yeah. yeah. Um, we narrow it down. America votes for their your favorite American idol. Um, and there you go. Ryan Tedder won it. It was great. Awesome. Next year, Pop Idol comes out in England. Yeah. I'm like, and I told William Morris at the time, like, guys, that's that's my format. Like, that's my exact format. No, 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 they'll never work. We're not. I'm like, so they didn't let me do anything about it. And of course it goes up to blow up to be the biggest show on television. I'm like, guys, why didn't you have my back? Literally the same format. It aired. It wasn't even a pitch. It aired. It did. It air. aired. It was the same format. It's, it's tough. The there's way they find the, the way they find the legal, the legal loopholes mm-hmm. there. So like many. there's nothing proprietary about yeah. it. Yeah. They try exactly. they pull that with me with, you know, with the, the boy, the very boy Van holiday. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, it's nothing proprietary. About oh God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. it's, it's just an idea. Oh it's just uh-huh. an idea. Oh, by stole. the way, did you get a text back? Cause I don't want them to think you're actually in trouble. Let's see who did anyone text back yet. Like, are you okay? <laughs> what does it say? I don't think you're dead. Question mark from I don't know who did it first though. Damn it! It's oh. Jacob and Trevor, both of them question mark, and oh. then Trevor followed up with what happened question mark. Okay. So we'll give that to Trevor since he had a follow up. I kind of knew. Yeah, right. Dan, 
Dan, Dan was definitely Dan let it ride for a bit and in see the middle of a, in yeah, the middle of coaching. <laughs> um, just a little FYI for your pop idol thing. Just mm. a little tidbit of information. When we auditioned for Clive Davis, there were a few people in that audition. One of those people was Simon Cowell. Oh yeah, nice. Oh, yeah, I ran into him a couple times. I remember it was uh, Simon who, God, what what was his first show? Well, I guess it was American Idol. Yeah, in the I, U.S. Yeah, yeah. I was. I don't know why I was on set. I was talking to him. And I remember it was before it was before I knew that NSYNC wasn't doing anything else, right? And so I was kind of on the hiatus. It's already been two years. I'm like, okay, guys, you know, we're ready to get back in the studio. And I remember Simon telling me, he goes, Lance, it's not happening. Like, it, you're never going to make music with NSYNC again. And I looked at him like he was crazy. I'm like, what the hell do you know? And he was so right. Like, he just, he just knew. He's like, it's, it's over. I think he knew something you didn't know. Well, man, I, well, I don't know who he was talking to, but yeah, he was like the first that I remember saying, Lance, it's it's over. Like it's not happening. It's very sad. Um, yeah, it's sad for me. Yeah, yeah, sad for me too. <laughs> I, no, I'm serious. Like I, I, I mean, I know we joke about it. We do a little bit in the Pop 2000 show mm-hmm. where you come out mm-hmm. and you know we do our dance and then we do bring back and sing. Yeah. And I started that little chant and yeah. um, it's very sad for us. It's very sad <laughs> for 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 those that came. We're just waiting you. until we're 90 because we really want to come back. Like, you know, it's like, wow, they're really doing it in 90, guys. Yeah, you're like ABBA. Yeah, and actually no one will know who we are. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be our screen. only chance to win a Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> the like, oh, anthology. We finally get that Grammy at 90 finally years old. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what was that pop group that ended up doing that? Like, at the like, uh, oh, everyone does, actually. Well, ABBA was trying, but then uh, COVID happened. They were really going to do something, but I forget yeah, that what that tour. was. Yeah, that, like, and then it turned into hologram now. It was a hologram. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, LA, Lance Bass here with the latest in the City of Angels. From epic shopping to nonstop pride events, discoverla.com is your gateway to everything LA. From walk up windows and rooftop bars to year round alfresco dining, Los Angeles is a culinary thrill ride sure to leave visitors hungry for more. From tacos to sushi, we truly have some of the best restaurants. After you get a bite to eat, get a taste for fame firsthand by attending a star ceremony on Hollywood Boulevard or glyphs behind the scenes at World Famous Studio Tour. Stop and see a movie at the iconic El Capitan Theater and check out the stairs outside the Dolby Theater where all the stars walk before the Oscars. Take a hike at Glamorous Griffith or stop for a boba or a draft cold brew at an outdoor cafe perfect for people watching. There are endless amounts of outdoor activities in L.A. with our beautiful weather. And, of course, Pride is celebrated every day in Los Angeles. Everyone is welcome to experience our sparkling nightlife, indulgent spas, and sensational shopping. Plan your weekend at discoverla.com. It's time to leave your mark in the City of Angels. Lance Bass, signing off. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? 
That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Um, so I just, I just want to say before we segue, it would make so many people happy. I know. I agree. And I think at the end of it. the day, I'm working on at it. At the end of the day, mm. it's great to make money, but there's some, there is that joy. There is that gift that comes from what you guys can do to people and bring people back to a simpler time. I experience it and you guys have it on such a grander scale uh, I, I, there are so many times where I'm like this. There's if there was a behind the music, this this is a behind the music happening in my oh, yeah. opinion of something that is we're we're living through a tragedy in my opinion. I just believe I believe in you guys so much. I love you guys together so much. I obviously I know each one of you individually over the years, and I just really hope. I know that we probably would never be on the tour with you guys, but I want you guys back together so bad. Look, it would be fun, and I've said it before. I think we owe something to the fans. Yes. And, you know, like I said, never say never. Something could happen. Um, but, you know, I don't – the good thing is we're all really close. Yes. It's not like we hate each other. Right. So, you know, something something could happen. Speaking of Chris Kirkpatrick. Yes. Now on Pop 2000. Yes. Has he been behaving himself? Dude, Chris. <laughs> Chris. You know, Chris is a lot. He's a lot of energy. He's a lot. Um, you got, I, I, we've known Chris for years. Mm. Chris was my neighbor yeah, in sorry. Orlando, mm-hmm. um, for a long time. <laughs> um, and I have to tell you, fatherhood has done him an enormous amount of good. It did. It yes. calmed him down a good bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that he has been such a pleasure to work with and you were obviously were a pleasure to work with and it was, we were fortunate to have you and obviously because of the, of the kids and, and the responsibilities that you have being a multimedia multimedia mogul um you you <laughs> can't right. you can't do our little tour anymore but um having chris on there is has just been wonderful um he not a lot of people know this but chris is obviously you guys know this but chris is responsible for in sync being together yeah. you know he's um, the one who put us together he's the one who put us together put you guys together and I know that deep in his heart, he wanted to perform again. And, you yeah. know, he never wanted that thing to die, yeah. you know? And so the idea that we have an opportunity 
to give him the opportunity to to live out this aspect yeah. of his life, his dream, this thing that he built. Um, I see it as an enormous responsibility and gift also. And he sees it as such. Yeah. I mean, he comes backstage most of the time and I, and not, I don't want to give up too much of our private moments, but there have been several times where he comes back and he's just so gracious and grateful for the opportunity to oh. be there with us. He needed to be back on stage. He like, does. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And, and it's, it's been fantastic. I, I, um, if there was, if there was us moving on from the Lance era of pop 2000, um, it has, it, it was a nice transition with Chris and I'm, and I'm glad that he treats it that way. And, um, we've, we we're having a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, it, it, that tour was so much fun. We would go to cities. I don't think I've ever been to. Nope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just one of those. It takes you a whole day to get there. Uh-huh. Then you do the show. Then a whole day to get back. We've like, eaten right. elephant ears in very random yes. places. I love a good state fair. I do. Mm-hmm. Anytime we would play a fair, I would eat my butt off. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Now I want to go to a fair. Love you some fried food. I do. I do. All right. Let's get some frosted tits before I let you go. You okay. were chosen to work with strangers in O-Town. Yes. And also worked in the super with super groups with holidays for a boy band Christmas. Yes. Uh, what's a tip on how to work well with others, with different personalities? Mm. Um, I like to be a person, one that immediately identifies everyone's strength and identifies them in the role and gives them that responsibility. Even if that's me relinquishing certain level of responsibilities that I'm normally used to taking Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. So that's one, two, um, I believe having mutual respect and admiration for everyone's journey. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone has had, a long path in this career, very similar stories. Um, but it's really important for me to say, Hey, listen, you are this person and I respect you and what, whatever you want to contribute, I want to be an open vessel for you to like, feel like you're in a safe space and like contribute that. If we could all think that way. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, and not a lot of people, not everyone can, yeah. but you know, that's a part of, I guess my uh, training because I was with strangers yeah. growing up, like uh, growing up in this business. And then, you know, um, yeah, I mean, w- working on a very boy band holiday, obviously, uh, creating it and, and, and have, and, and being a part of, uh, the actual filming of it and being a performer on it. Um, there were moments within the filming that I was like, I can't believe this is happening. And just at, at having the, the head to be, I'm a peer, but at the same time, I'm a fan. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah well, you gave my daughter her television debut. Oh, it's true. That's right. It was a Christmas special that we did. That's uh, right. I did a little cameo. You did? And, uh, <laughs> and on cue, yeah. cried, mm-hmm. really nice. fit the mood because, you know, I'm supposed to be disheveled because I literally have three-week-old babies. Yeah, she's um, very professional. Yeah, so I did a little cameo for my house, like, uh, guys, uh, I can't right now. She, she brought just, it. So, yeah, it was her she first speaking it, yeah. role, so I thank you so much for mm-hmm. giving my daughter her first speaking role on a major network. Oh, well, the pleasure's <laughs> all mine. Thank you. We're, we'll look back at it, and she maybe she'll, you know, when she becomes a huge actress, she'll say, thank I got you. my start She with did him. not get her SAG card, though, for it. She I'm didn't. still waiting, so, right, guys? Uh, a cry is a cry is a cry. Yeah, we need to get her. Our baby needs insurance. Let's get to the fans. All right. <laughs> Uh, oh, Raw Ritz MJ asks, Ooh, Raw Ritz. if you could release any song from your debut album, 
Yeah. With 2023 vocals, yeah. which one would it be? Oh, um, that's a good question. Mm. I, asked, I, I always wondered, like Justin, because you know, when we started with Justin, he was 14, so his voice hadn't really changed yet. Yeah. So I want you back, tearing in my heart, was when his voice was changing. And I can hear it. I can hear yeah. it like this is higher. Yeah. Um, I always like wondered that, too, if he wanted to go back and re-record, mm-hmm. kind of like what Taylor Swift does these days. Just like, okay, let me have a little more chore. Mature look at this. Yeah. And let me own my masters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let me own too. the masters. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's funny because like all of the first album, because we were like in our twenties, we weren't like, we weren't like super young. Yeah. Um, we had already started to develop our voices that Clive made it a point to make us sound younger. Mm. And so I would venture to say the entire album I would release really? yeah. again, because I hear, you know, the clamps, Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the clamps, <laughs> you know, there are rubber bands down there, man. Like, I'm just like, man, like, it's all here, man. Everything well, is right here. Um, yeah, and- it's true. Like, back then, they wanted you to. I, mean, I just watched a clip from the newlyweds with Jessica Simpson, and they're like, they wanted her to re record an entire song on the album. It was a big one. I forgot which one because they're like, no, you need to sing down. You need to sound younger, and that's not as good of a singer. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't. So, which is why, if you notice Jessica Simpson throughout her career, she started like oh she started changing, out just like like yeah, belting, belting and big and then it became like yeah 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 because yeah. mm-hmm. they wanted her to sound like stupider and oh. dumber and just kind of more like teen like uh, yeah I, that's exactly what yeah but we had to deal with <laughs> wow that's so sad I know like, uh, what like, what adult how you is sing. thinking that like give me a break uh, <laughs> all right what is your least favorite O Town song this is from Lizzie Beth 1580 oh gosh I'm gonna get so much hate for this that's okay oh, you wanna hear they, they understand everyone look I'm, here we go that's mine here we go one more time here we go it's a get great out song. of my head every I time love, I love take song. off on a flight it's great yeah. oh is that what you yeah, said every single time oh since it's such a good 90s, plane flight song since the 90s every flight I take off it goes here we go that's, that's all I hear yeah when it, you finally get to space <laughs> well, that's what Lance. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> oh my god! That's what yeah. Lance. He sings it every time he completes like an intimate moment with yeah. his husband. He it's goes, "Wait, two, one, wait, three, here we go." And I go, "Okay, we're, we're ready." Five, four, three, <sighs> two, one. Here, here we, we go. go. Oh, oh, man. Uh, wait, what song is it? I'm gonna get so much hate for this, but this is the honest truth. It has been from the moment I heard it till even I perform it now. Um, Liquid Dreams is not my oh, favorite wow. song. Liquid Dream, that's surprising. So I want, what's your take on it? Give me, what is the description of Liquid What is it about? Nocturnal emissions. Okay. Oh. I like that. Here we go. That's, that might be the best answer we've heard so far. Yeah. yeah. It's nocturnal emissions. Nocturnal it's, emissions. Um, it's weird because the song actually does something that none of the other boy band songs actually did, which was target 14, 13 to 14, 15 year old boys. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. It's like, true. Yeah. It's really not to girls. Mm-hmm. It's really a song about reflecting on being like a prepubescent young man. Did yeah. you see your fandom just bust with boys after that song? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's more guys at this concert than girls now. Yeah, we That's had a really dreams. Yeah, we had a we had a, a a a mix a mix of folks. You know, the, um, our UK fans are gonna not like that idea that answer because in the UK it was um a really cheeky you know. Um, they love that sort of like yeah. take on you know they have that kind of humor which yeah. which I appreciate and I totally get the humor also but They're so this dirty. is my career folks this is my <laughs> legacy. naughty pun um and Stephelin eighty six would like to know uh, pursuing more acting do we have anything that you're going to be in coming up um nothing I'm going to be in coming up 
um, on the slate. Uh, hopefully that's subject to change. You know, um, I really, I really miss it uh, so much. Yeah. I miss the storytelling process. I miss the, the work. I miss the, I miss the notes on my script. I miss the subtext. I miss it all, honestly. And, um, so yeah, I really hope at some point, uh, that light shines again and I get an opportunity to do it. I would, I would love to, um, you know, I, I love, I just love all of it. I guess that that's the thing. Like, I just love all of it. And I know that all of it takes a lot of work. Um, and so I, i I fell in love with the work. And when you fall in love with the work, that's the hardest thing. It was never the result because I've been on so many independent films. You know, I have like six under my belt and like they were never really great films. Mm -hmm. But each one of those were the experience of a lifetime, yeah. including Dead Seven, which you wish you should have been in, by the way. The, the movie with us and Nick and, yeah. and Chris and them. Um, but that was um, even that movie. That was just such a, a joy to be a part of the set beyond and, and, and put the work in even though all of my choreographed martial arts scenes that I, that I focused so hard on <laughs> and I studied so hard and I did so much yeah. off screen work, they never made the edit. No, of you should make more of those because, I mean, we do have a fun teen idol family, right? I mean, we have a show for us tips all about it. Mm -hmm. I would love to see more movies starring all of us characters. Yes. Uh, oh, Frankie Grande just came out with a horror, which I love horror. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see a horror film with boy band members. Sure. Um, what's it called? Uh, Summoning Sylvia. Okay. So there's a, there's a movie called Summoning Sylvia. It just came out. It's on all platforms. Um, and it's just, it's Frankie Grande and these three other just, you know, gay guys. And it's literally just them in the cast. Right. In the house. Yeah. And, and it's this little camp, such campy horror film. Yeah. I loved it so it much. It was so funny and it stupid. It was great. Like, I want them to see. So I would love to see you develop something like that. Have us all in it. Start with horror because I would definitely do horror. You know, that's so. interesting. I like stay, I like stepping out of my comfort zone. Horror has never been my my, uh, yeah. my, my zone. I, I, I always just wanted to, like, jump out of a window backwards. Shooting mm -hmm. two yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. But that never happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would totally do that. And and the idea of – I think it's it, it's a – I think it's a shame that we haven't all done another thing together because it's like it's cast specific, right? Mm -hmm. Find, you know, a buyer is going to be hard pressed to say, yeah. we don't want all, all, of their, all of their viewers, all that viewership for sure, you know? So maybe it's happening right now. Maybe yeah. this is like the start of it. And we can yeah. look back See, at this. I say, put it in the I universe. Mean, and I would love to watch start, that. I mean, wouldn't it be, it's gotta be fun. Well, funny, has, yeah, you campy. have to like be in on the joke. Of course, yeah. you can't take yourself. Dead Seven was a B movie. Nick, yeah. Nick Carter wanted to make a B movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was probably more like a G movie. Yeah. Or an H well, movie. Long Shot was yeah, pretty. Uh, let's not stop at B. That was, that was a good one. Long Shot. Long oh, yeah. Shot. We have been in a film together. Yeah, we have. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Still never seen it. So, by the way, do you know, you never saw it? No, I saw my scene with Britney, but that, like, I didn't see anything else. So, just a, just a little bit of like boy band trivia, too. Yeah. Like, the beginning and end of Longshot are the bookends. Lou wanted us to be in the film, but the mm -hmm. film had already been cut, yeah. like together, edited together. So he was like, we, we want you to be in this film. Well, we saw the film yeah. on uh, New Year's. Oh, Lord. Y2K New Year's. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. where we thought the, like, yeah, the, the world, world was, was going to die. Yeah. And we watched it and we're like, okay, this is going to be the last film we watch before the world dies. This sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so Lou was so pressed on us being in it. He's like, can you do this? Can you be in it? And we're like, we'll only be in it if you let me and Ashley write it. And so me and Ash went into like, like our, you know, into our writing space and said, Hey, what if we do this? Cause we were always doing sketches on the tour. And we're like, what if we do this and this, and then maybe like bookend it. So the beginning 
in the mid, the beginning, middle, and end, there's like moments where we come in. Those were totally added on at the end of the oh, movie, yeah. and we sort of just attached ourselves to it. <laughs> but we wrote that whole, like the entire thing. I need to see this. Um, it's good. It's the idea was experience. there, right? Like what we're saying, like use these fun people, like yeah. and just random characters, and just make a movie around. Was it. that The Rock's first movie? <laughs> maybe. I don't know. It, it, no, maybe. it might have been Dwayne Johnson, actually. The Rock's first movie. It might have been because he Long was definitely shot. You're in the movie with the Rock, wrestler babe. at the time. Yes, he is like, a yeah. burglar. He's he's a mugger. Lance, you've yeah. not you've not. Oh yeah, told I've me started this. with some major people, y'all. Major. That was my first. Wow, movie you're so humble. I know. Thank you. He was, you with, he was in the scene it. with Kenny Rogers. Mm-hmm. Kenny, Kenny Rogers. Rogers. Um, see, was I? I was also with Kenny. Because yeah. I was the co-pilot. Yeah, you were Kenny. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what he and Brittany said. was passenger, or she was the, <laughs> the flight, flight attendant. attendant. She was flight attendant. Um, there's a lot of great puns in it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it was all puns. Great puns. <laughs> they were there. There were puns. There were puns. Uh, yeah, there, there were puns. We'll just say that. Yeah, there, there were, were puns. puns. There were puns. Uh, and on that note, uh, as we leave on a horrible movie that you definitely don't need to go watch. Everybody out there. go watch. Everyone is going to go watch. I cannot actually. wait. Uh, Eric, it's so great to catch up with you, my I'm man. Always, Thanks for always, being always. on Frosted Tips. Um, how can everyone stay in touch with you? How can everyone go see the Pop 2000 tour? Well, Pop 2000 is uh, otownofficial.com or pop2000tour.com. And then obviously, if you want to you know, follow me, um, um, I am Eric with a K Estrada on Instagram. Eric with a K. That's me. All right, buddy. Well, we hope to see you soon. Yeah. Uh, I think now yeah. we have three O Town members. We still have two I know. to got go. Two, two to go. I like to spread all the members out throughout the year mm-hmm. so that you don't, you know, you don't get everything all at once. Yeah. It's called patience, people. That's right. All right, guys. That is all the show I have for you. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, subscribe, review again. Gosh, I forgot to uh, read some of the reviews here, but we'll do that another time because they are good. My name and is bad. Sarah Beth from Maryland. Wait, are the are the bad reviews like so hilarious? It's kind of. I mean, they're just ridiculous. Yeah. You know, so just, like, you know, if we have to put an E on this and someone says, you know, damn or something, uh, you know, damn. people give it one star. It's like, oh, I can't listen to this because I love the show. But you said the mm-hmm. S shit. Yeah. So I mean, oh, put like that E on <laughs> two reviews. This episode wasn't long enough. Yeah, you know, just like oh okay. my gosh, bleep me! I don't like, want to. Really I don't want to be a part it. of that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't want to be. A, I don't want to contribute to like a one star. No, yeah. we enjoy. Well, I won't say that because I don't want you to write one star reviews, but I do secretly enjoy them. Well, I know I want like I like <laughs> to see your funny. your issues. This is the ridiculous. Make it a good issue. Excuses. Give us five stars and a bad review. Yeah, yeah, yeah five yeah, stars yeah, yeah. and a bad review is exactly. Yes. Oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, perfect, deal. perfect. Yeah. All right, guys, uh, be good to each other. Don't drink and drive out there. Take care of those animals, and remember, stay, stay frosted. frosted. Hey, thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Frosted Tips with Lance and Michael Turgenart and at Lance Bass for all your pop culture needs. And make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars, six if you can. See you next time. Hey, LA, Lance Bass here with the latest in the City of Angels. Immerse yourself in our vibrant fashion scene where exclusive streetwear meets high-end boutiques. Stroll through styles defining our bold, wildly creative city, like the unique finds at Melrose Trading Post, a real LA gem. Explore star-studded experiences on Hollywood Boulevard, behind-the-scenes studio tours, and moments of awe under our legendary blue sky. Picture this. The iconic Griffith Observatory, inspiring directors worldwide. Plan your weekend at discoverla.com. It's the time to leave your mark in the city of angels. Lance Bass, zadding off.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 